Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. We're going to look this morning at John chapter 12. We're coming to the triumphal entry and it's it's a great opportunity to remember that God is good all the time. Jesus is headed into Jerusalem from Bethany. Last week, uh, we, we were looking at, uh, what did Jesus do last week in the passage we read? He raised who from the dead? Lazarus from the dead. Called him out of the tomb. Lazarus, come forth. And out came Lazarus. Uh, a powerful moment in what Jesus was doing. Uh, quite, quite the high spot, wouldn't you say? Uh, and now he's making his way into Jerusalem. And, and here, once again, we see a, a lot of excitement. But watch carefully, because as we get closer, things seem to change. When we get to chapter 12, verse 12, uh, we need to wear our glasses so we can actually see what it says. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Now, they, just so you know, they came for the Passover feast. They're in Jerusalem, ready to celebrate the Passover, and they've heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they heard that he had given this miracle, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. You've just heard this week's focus scripture. Now on to the sermon, starting momentarily. (coughs) Excuse me. We, we have begun a Lenten journey, and I, I hope that as we go through the season of Lent that you would journey with me, that you would go to these same places that Jesus went, uh, that in your, in your mind and in your imagination, you would place yourself there and say, what must have that been like? I, I can't imagine what it was like on that day when they went to the tomb uh, of Jesus. Lazarus, and, and to hear Jesus, to watch him. I, you know, your eyes need to be on Jesus, right? And as you're watching him, it, it's amazing to me the, the way his countenance seemed to change as he made his way to the tomb. He, he was on this journey, and this was the first step. And you may remember last week, the, the Scripture tells us that he was troubled, he was angered, and, and he was upset about all that was going on. And yet when he gets to the tomb, his countenance changes, and he says, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus comes out. And all of a sudden, everyone there was set free from something that was holding them back. If Jesus can overcome death, then what else could stand against us? 
If Jesus is the resurrection and the life, then certainly we are free to live and to move and to share his love without the fetters of of grave clothes. In other words, without being afraid of death anymore. Without being cluttered with sin in our lives. Uh, Being able to be free to love people no matter who they are. That's incredible. We live in a world that teaches us you can't love certain people because... And you have to be afraid of certain people because you fill in the blank. You, 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 you know, I can, I, I can give you those words, but I want you to hear. What, what have you learned that you've been taught to be afraid of? If Christ is for us, if God is with us, who could stand against us? We live in a world that's scared to death, but we live with a Savior whose love conquers fear, death, and the grave. Jesus starts his journey. He starts this journey through Lent, and he starts right there at a tomb. And where's it going to end? At another tomb. Thank you, Kenny. Kenny's paying close attention this morning. That's good. Keep him on track. (laughs) So we're going to walk this journey with Jesus. And and I want to remind you that this journey is putting God's love on display. That's really what this journey is all about. To put God's incredible love on display. Romans tells us that uh, God demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ what? Died for us. You you, you see, I might be willing to die for a good person, but for a sinner, I'm not so sure. Jesus was willing to die for us when we were still His enemies. That's how deep the love of God goes. That's what we're going to discover each step. And I I believe that it gets more intense the closer we get to the cross. The love of God becomes more visible, becomes uh, more uh, uh, accessible. And what's amazing is people tend to, the closer we get to the love of Christ, you have to make a choice. You either have to step into that love or you have to totally reject that love. There's no middle ground anymore. When you get loved that much, you have to make a choice. And so people who were on the outskirts, people who were just following along, people who were not connected, all of a sudden people are feeling that incredible love. They're seeing that incredible love and they're having to choose. Is that love worth their life? And this morning, we come to the triumphal entry. And all kinds of things are going on as Jesus makes his way into Jerusalem. Watch and see what happens as he moves in. We set out for Jerusalem. Thousands were heading there for the festival of Passover. Messiah! Bring the pie! Messiah! 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 
is he now? He's just entered the city on a donkey. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey. Where's he headed? Towards the temple. He must not interfere with Passover. God will bring his wrath down upon all of us. And who knows what Pilate will do if the crowds run out of control. Nicodemus, go with Malchus. If he enters the temple, watch him. Do not blink. Go. Barabbas. I want you to see something. Now, the Barabbas incident is obviously not scriptural, okay? I, I don't want you to get that. It could have happened. It's not found in Scripture. Um, what's interesting is, did you see the mixture of emotions? Th there were those who, who were there who were shouting Hosanna, but every once in a while you looked and you saw the Romans were standing right there. They're proclaiming this man, they're proclaiming Jesus the King, and the Romans are right there. So there's this sense of, of euphoria. Here comes the king, and yet there's this sense of fear as they look around and they see the Romans still there, still in charge. There's this mixture of emotions. Barabbas wanting Jesus to get off in, in, the, in the video clip. Uh, Barabbas wanting Jesus to get off that donkey and proclaim himself king and overthrow the Roman government. And Jesus coming in peace. Not what we expect. Jesus was all about doing things that weren't expected, wasn't he? I'm amazed at uh, how politics make uh, strange bedfellows, don't they? Uh, I, uh, you, you see that in our political uh, uh, election cycle right now. I'm amazed at, at people who are making alliances, and you kind of look and say, how does that all work? But but here they are, even in first century Palestine. You may have noticed that the, uh, the, the Pharisees in our passage and the Jewish council, as Jesus comes into Jerusalem, they, they begin to, to make friends with the Roman power. All of a sudden they're on the same side. 
Does that strike you as odd? It should. If you know anything about what was going on there, the, the Jewish people were, were convinced that God was going to overthrow the oppressing Roman government. And, and, and they were just waiting for the Messiah and for people to be righteous. And here comes the Messiah. And here comes the hope. And here comes the righteous one. And instead of the Jewish people embracing him, the Jewish leadership fear that if he begins to rise up, the Romans will will be more oppressive. And so they jump in bed, so to speak, with the Romans and say to the Romans, hey, we need to get rid of this guy. Isn't that strange? The crowd at this moment shouting, Hosanna, save us, and and proclaiming him king. Um, And yet, the zealots who, who Barabbas was one of, uh, we believe, he was at least an insurrectionist, uh, they were all about trying to overthrow the Roman government by force. And here you hear the crowd, yeah, let's take them, let's do it now. This crowd that has been, lived in fear, all of a sudden now, jumping in with the zealots, hey, we can do this, we can overthrow this government. Let's go. Did you see that in their faces? They're so excited. Here comes the king. Here comes the king. Jesus, on the other hand, seems to stand, I want to say, above the political fray, or at least outside of it. This has happened over and over again. Many times have they sought to take him into Jerusalem and make him their king. And he has always rejected those moves until the triumphal entry. And now all of a sudden he takes on the trappings of the king and he heads in. But he's not the kind of king they're looking for. He has stepped outside of their expectations. He's going to come as he is. Not as how they want him to be. And I'm As I began to look at this again, I thought, you know, we really need to step out every once in a while of the political fray, of the contentions in our lives, of the struggles in our lives, of all the things that are happening in our lives. We need to step out every once in a while and take a look and truly look at what's going on so that we can better understand what God is doing, what Jesus is doing in our lives. We need to step back. And all of a sudden I remembered, Jesus sent the disciples into Jerusalem to get the donkey. Now, that's not even mentioned in our passage this morning. Did you notice that? It's in the other Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. And if you go there, you can read how Jesus sent the disciples in. It's not even mentioned in our passage. And I wonder if while they were in the pen getting the donkey if perhaps they were separated enough from what was going on that they had a chance to reflect on what was really happening. I want you to come with me to the donkey pen. Uh, Get out of your life a minute and step back and listen and look and see what God is doing. While they're there in the pen, I'm sure they heard the excitement. And they heard that here comes Jesus. 
And so they, they, they heard all the, the excitement that was going around about who Jesus was and what his intentions were. And I can only imagine that they heard over and over again, hey, he raised Lazarus from the dead, and now he's coming into Jerusalem. Let's go see. They wanted to see a miracle worker. They wanted to see someone who could actually raise. They wanted to see Lazarus, the one whom Jesus raised from the dead. They wanted to see someone who could do the miracle in their lives. Do you ever stop and think about all the people who were sick that Jesus passed by that didn't get healed? You ever wonder why God doesn't seem to heal you or your prayers? Answer your prayers? Is it because we're looking for a miracle worker? Jesus never claimed to be a miracle worker. He did miracles to bring glory to God, but he never claimed to be a miracle worker. That wasn't who he is. He did miracles, but that's not who he is. You understand the difference? I do my taxes. That doesn't make me... I don't do my taxes. You may do your taxes. That doesn't make you a tax preparer, right? It only makes you a tax preparer for you, not for the world. Thank you, Kenny. You see, Jesus' goal in life was not to be a miracle worker. He had the power of God. He saw God at work. He jumped in, and God did incredible things as Jesus reached out. And we see him do miracles, but that's not who he is. You with me? Jesus was not the conquering king they wanted him to be. They wanted him to come in with a sword flashing and, and, and overthrow the Romans like it was nothing. And Jesus could have done that. I, I don't dispute that at all. Jesus had the power and the ability to step in and change the political system right then and there. He could have done that. He did not. Because that's not who he is. He is not the conquering king of power that, that they were looking for, the political power. Jesus was someone very different. You know, the Scripture tells us that Jesus is coming back. And I'm, I'm, I hope you're looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to that day. I believe it's going to happen. Um, and I wonder if we have preconceived ideas about who Jesus is and who he will be when he returns. And I wonder if we, like the crowd, might miss who he really is. You remember the crowd, don't you? They were all excited when Jesus came into Jerusalem. But when they went to crucify him, where'd they go? Crowds tend to be a little fickle. The question is, who is Jesus really? When Jesus comes back, who's he really going to be? I want to share with you this passage in, in 2 Thessalonians. I hope you can read that. Uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Listen very carefully for who Jesus is and, by the way, who Satan is. It says this, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth, 
and destroyed by the splendor of His coming. Listen to who Jesus is. He's going to overcome by the breath of His mouth and by the splendor of His coming. The breath of His mouth breathes life, does it not? And what is the splendor of His coming? Jesus' glory is revealed over and over and over in the Gospels by His incredible love. Listen to who Satan is. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to Love the truth, and so be saved. Be very careful, brothers and sisters in Christ, when people say, yes, see, there's Jesus, because look at this sign, or that sign, or look at the political power that that person is wielding. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus comes with incredible love. And if you embrace the love of God, through Jesus Christ, if you accept His salvation, then you will recognize Him when He comes and you will be embraced by His love and you will embrace His love. But the Scripture says many will ask the mountains to fall upon them. Why? Because they will be convicted by the love of God and they'll realize who they are and how ugly they are without Him. Oh, that they had only turned to Him and asked Him to transform them by His love then they would have experienced His return with joy and gladness. We tend to think that people with political power have power. They don't have power. The people with power are the people who truly love one another. In Jesus Christ. I heard a preacher this week say, a friend of mine, he said, the problem with our country is not in the White House, it's in the church house. Wow. Jesus came with love for all those people who were there. The Romans, the, the Jewish council, the, the crowd. He loved them all. They missed it. Why? Because they had their own agendas, their own political things, and they thought they knew who He was because of some of the things He had done. They did not follow Him long enough to know who He really is. Here's my question for you. Will you recognize Jesus when He comes? Do you understand how much He loves you? And have you allowed that love to really transform your life? They shouted Hosanna, which means save. Save us. Save us, they shouted. They shouted, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. They believed that He came in the name of the Almighty God. And then did you notice something? I want, uh, if you have your Bibles, you, you'll want to look at this, especially at home, because there's a quote. Hosanna is a quote. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord is a quote, both out of Scripture, Psalm 118. Blessed is the king is not in there. It's not there. If, if you look in your, in your Scriptures, you'll see there's no footnote there. 
When they say blessed is the king, that was their understanding of who he is, who they wanted him to be. He did not embrace that. He came as their king, but as a totally different king. And they missed it. Here he comes. Here comes Jesus. And this is what they miss. He came upon the donkey. Now, you notice in our, in our little film clip, uh, the, the head of the Jewish council there, um, he was very clear, the high priest was very clear that Jesus came on a donkey. He didn't miss it. What we miss is that when Jesus comes on a donkey, he comes... <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. We too often miss the donkey. As a matter of fact, I wanted to ask you, how many of you noticed the donkey in the video clip? Did, did you even see? You, you saw the donkey. What did he look like? He looked like a donkey. What color was his ears? Did you notice his face? Did you see how tall he was? You, you didn't know anything about the donkey? You watched the video, right? Did I, did I miss it? They didn't give you real clear shots. You, you want to, okay, we'll give you a, a little buy there. Kenny, they gave you a couple very clear shots of the donkey, and we missed it. We missed the donkey. You know why we missed the donkey? We think there's more important things to be looking at, and there are. But the donkey is very important. See, when Jesus came on the donkey, uh, he came righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And there's very great significance in that. And we miss it. He comes on a donkey. Why? Because he comes in peace. He doesn't come as the conquering king. He comes as the king who brings peace. And the donkey is very important, both the image and in Scripture. When Jesus was born, he was proclaimed what? The prince of peace. Yeah, Christmas wasn't that long ago, folks. And throughout his life, he brought into people's lives peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Peace. He comes to bring peace into our lives. But here's the problem. We want Jesus to bring peace in our lives by changing our circumstances. By changing what's going on around us. You see, we want Jesus to do the miracle thing. Jesus, change what's happening in my life so that I can have peace. That's what we want. Jesus changed the situation so that I can have peace. And we pray that way, right? Lord, change them so that there's peace in my house. Lord, change them so there's peace at work. Lord, change that person. Change that situation. Change them. Change those things. And when Jesus comes, what he wants to do is change, change you. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, I've told you these things so that in me you, you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Trouble. But take heart, I overcome. I have overcome the world. See, the problem is we want Jesus to change everybody else. Jesus came to change us. He came to bring us inner peace. So that in the midst of the chaos of our lives, we can still have peace. He came to change us so that in the midst of those broken relationships, we can still have peace. 
He came to change us, to show us that in Him we are more than conquerors. And so when we face a world of turmoil and confusion and hatred and anger, we can still stand in peace no matter who wins the election for the United States president. We can still have peace. I know some of you are afraid. (gasps) What if? Praise God, we can still have peace no matter what if. Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on the donkey and they missed it. He came to bring them peace. They thought he was going to come to overthrow the Roman government so that they could have peace. That's not how Jesus works. He wanted to come into their lives and bring them peace inside so that no matter what the circumstances they face, they could still have peace. That's who Jesus is. Jesus came to transform us by love. Jesus came to bring us peace. And and by the way, that peace is eternal. Uh, Have you ever been to the eternal flame? This is the one in uh, the uh, um, Arlington National Cemetery. Um, And there it is. You know what? Someday that'll go out. I just want to say that. That's not eternal. That'll go out someday. But if you say yes to Jesus... He guarantees you eternal life. And in that, you can experience eternal peace. Eternal peace. Not not just for today, but for forever. That's what He offers. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to have peace no matter what the situation? Somebody flips their car in your front lawn. Did you have peace? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I'd have had peace. Oh, no. You know? But the truth of the matter is, uh, God had people in the right place at the right time. Right? Eva and Chuck were there to minister to Darcy. That, that to me, is God's hand. You, you see, God's at work in all of it. Even where you can't see it, God's at work. You can have peace in that. Do you believe it? And finally, we've been in the donkey pen long enough today. And maybe it's time to engage a little bit. Okay, we see who Jesus is. He's come to give us love and and to fill us with His peace. To transform us by His love and fill us with his peace. But now the question is, uh, how are we going to engage? How are we going to put that to work in our lives? It's not just enough to know that he's the king and to watch him march into Jerusalem and to shout Hosanna. That's, That's not enough. Jesus is looking for donkeys. Some of you are smiling. He is. You see, he's looking for people who will be his platform. Because that's all the donkey was, right? He was just Jesus' platform to proclaim who Jesus really is. That's what the donkey did. Proclaimed who Jesus really is. And Jesus needs us to do the same. To show the world who He is. To show the world that He brings peace. Matthew said 
or Jesus said in Matthew, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what? Children of God. If you're a child of God, be a platform for Jesus. Show the world what peace is all about. Show the world what love is all about. Listen, listen very carefully. You have neighbors who are afraid. They're afraid of all the things that are happening in their lives. They might be afraid of you. They're afraid of what if? What if the stock market crashes? What if prices go higher? What if we don't have enough? What if this happens politically? What if that happens politically? What, what, if, what if someone decides they don't love me anymore? What, what if my children get in trouble? What if, what if the world goes left or goes right or, or goes backwards? Or what if? They live in a world of what if, and all you have to do is watch the news, and the news is all about what if, and what do people think about it? The good news in Jesus Christ is that if we allow him to live in our lives, we can be a platform for his peace in a world that is so afraid. And we can be a platform of his love, which casts out all fear. The world is watching you. Can't you lift Jesus up on your back a little higher? so that they see him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your peace and your presence. Thank you for who you are. And forgive us, Lord, in those times when we want to make you into our image instead of allowing you to transform us into your image. Lord, there are some here this morning who who are constantly afraid. They don't know your peace. They've never asked you to come in and give you their peace. Your peace. Because they've been trying to build their own. Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that, that we would all be opening our hearts to you anew and afresh. Recognizing that you're not about political power. That you're not all about miracle worker, although you do work miracles in our lives. But that you have come to change us. So Lord Jesus, we wait upon you this morning, our King. We ask you to come in peace and fill us with your love and your peace that we might show those around us who you really are thank you for being here this morning in jesus name we pray amen